there. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Withdrawal, a weekly discussion on antidepressants and the issues surrounding them. Hello, my name is James and welcome to episode three of Let's Talk Withdrawal, a new weekly podcast discussing antidepressants. As you may know, we launched this podcast just a few days ago on the 8th of March and the response so far has been amazing. Thank you for all of your feedback and comments. It's so nice to hear from you and I'm really glad that you're finding the podcast engaging and informative. To kick off today, I just wanted to thank a few people. Firstly, I want to thank all the brave guests who have shared their stories, because this podcast wouldn't work without people being willing to talk openly about their difficulties. I also want to thank the experts that have so generously given of their time to talk to me, as their experience reminds us that these medications are at best ineffective and at worst dangerous. Finally, I wanted to thank you for listening. I made this podcast to raise awareness of antidepressant withdrawal and I want to reach as many people as possible, so I'm really grateful to anyone that wants to listen in. This week, we have an interview with Giovanna from Australia. Giovanna has been taking an antidepressant since the age of 17 and, like me, she's struggled several times to stop. She talks to us about her experiences of trying to withdraw and what support she got from doctors and psychiatrists. Giovanna, thank you so much for talking to us today. Can I start by asking you to tell us a little about your background and how you came to be on an antidepressant? It basically started when I was 17. I'm 40 now, so that's over 20 years ago. Basically, I was only you know, 17, had a little bit of problems in life, wasn't coping very well. Um, you know, My mum was worried about me because I was crying a lot. So she decided that I should go to see a GP, a doctor. Um, after seeing her doctor for about 15 minutes, we decided that, you know, it would be good if I should take a drug and antidepressant to basically just, you know, to make me feel better. He explained to me at the time that, you know, the whole um, chemical imbalance in the brain and how it works and everything. And so I was 17 and I understood that that was just like, you know, a diabetic you know, needing its insulin, um, that maybe this was something that I needed to take and I needed to take for a long time. So I just basically did exactly what he told me to do. And because I trusted him and he was a good doctor and I, and I you know, I felt comfortable with him. So when I did take it, um, you know, it didn't really make me feel good. If anything, it didn't make me feel not very good at the beginning, but, you know, my mother just made me kind of have it. She said, you have to take those tablets. So I just did what I was told, basically. And Giovanna, when you were first taking them and feeling rough from the side effects, did you go back to your GP for advice? Um, we did go back, but he just said he upped the dose and he said to me, um, you've got to give it more time. Um, so basically when I went home and I did that, I wasn't really feeling the greatest, but I didn't want to go back again because I felt a bit stupid to go back again. So I just, just did exactly what he told me to do. I the dose and I just I waited for it to kind of to stop, the side effects to kind of stop. And did you try and get information about side effects from elsewhere? There was nothing you could do, absolutely nothing to find out about it. Um, 17, you're not going to go look into every drug that you take. Um, so, no, I never even thought about that. Um I basically always thought it was me, basically, the side effects and, oh, that's just me. That's, you know, so I've kind of blamed a lot on me because, you know, the doctor knows best as we're told and as we're, we're meant to believe, which, you know, generally they do know a lot. But, yeah, I just did, just did exactly what he wanted me to do and and then, you know, years go past and 
I just kept on doing the same thing every morning, you know. I'd make sure I have that have that tablet first thing in the morning. And what were the side effects you think that caused you the most difficulty? You know, since I've been taken at 17, I always thought these things were normal. Like I just thought that I was always someone that was tired. Like I always, like I got so much energy, but everybody, and everybody knows me, I need to have my sleep during the day, which just sounds absolutely pathetic, but it's like I can't cope. I, I, I get so tired that I need to have a sleep or I need to go to bed at a certain time. And I just hate feeling like that. I mean, I have two sisters that are just like me that have got so much energy. You know, they get up in the morning. You know, I find it hard to get up in the morning. As I'm getting older and I think that the longer I've, I've got this drug in my system, I think it's actually making it worse. Um, I'm just always tired. I mean, yeah, I have two kids and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm getting a good amount of sleep at night. Um, and But, I, yeah, I just hate the feeling of just being tired all the time and not being able to cry. Um, I mean, when, when I was on and everything's okay and I'm stable, you know, I don't, I don't cry. I don't. I, I find it even hard to cry. I feel a bit, you know, numbed out all the time. And how long was it taking those pills every morning before you began to think about stopping? I always kind of uh, wanted to stop, but I, I, I always found out that if I forgot to take a tablet in the morning, in the second day of not like, of not taking it, I felt really bad. So I just thought, oh gee, I think I need this. You know, so that's what just made me keep on, like I just kept on taking it because I just thought that I kind of needed it. I never really went and saw him again. I just thought that this was something that I need to do. Then I went to see another GP once and I was telling him um, that, you know, this is, I'm taking this and everything. And he's again said to me, you know, this is something you've got to take forever because it's, you know, it's an illness and this is just what you've got to do. This is what you've got to take forever and that's it. So, and I just did. I just followed, I always followed doctor's instructions, basically. Well, Giovanna, like you, I've heard others say that their doctors told them that the illness and drugs are a lifelong thing, but I don't believe that anymore. I feel they should only be prescribed for a short period. So what can you tell us about trying to withdraw? I've tried many times. Um, you know, I've got two little kids. I've got a, well, I've got a 14-year-old and a 5-year-old, and, and I've had lots of failed attempts. You know, there's really no direction. Everyone, everyone on these forums say, I mean, gen the general rule is 10%, but when you've been on it for, for as long as my myself, 10% rule just doesn't apply. And it's just trial and error. So I'm just going to wait till I feel better because my, my system's so sensitive after all these failed attempts that even when I change from generic brands, I, I actually feel it which I've done that recently. So I'm just waiting till I stabilise a little bit better on that and then I can start again on my next attempt trying to come off it again. I just don't think people get it, you know, like what even a change of brand can make such a big impact. So, yeah, I mean, I've got two little kids, so I can't afford to do anything too fast and, you know, I have a mortgage and, you know, I have a wonderful life. So I just want to make sure that I do this correctly and, and I just think the slower it is, the better it is. You know, when, that one time when this psychiatrist, when I said I wanted to come off the drugs, he took me off my drug after 20 years off in a week, Good one God. week. That's One week. Yeah, well, I'll just tell you what, it was frightening. It was I, it, it was so bad that I didn't know if I could just, I just didn't want to, it was just the worst time. And I think it's actually scared me. That one incident scared me, and that's when I was, 
I put myself in a hospital because I was worried. And while I was in there, I realized that this is not normal. This is so not normal. And that's when I started researching while I was in hospital about why, what is this? And it's when I came to these websites, I started to realize, you know what, this is actually withdrawal. And then trying to talk to these people in the hospital about this, and then they tried to put me on all these antidepressants, four different ones in six months while I was still sick. And it was one day I said, that's it, I'm going back on my original, that's it. I went back on it. Within a week and a half, I was normal again. I'm so sorry to hear that, Giovanna. Trying to get someone who is dependent to stop in a week is just wrong. One option that some people have talked about is tapering with a liquid. Is that something that you looked into? See, the the great thing is is that you can't get liquid form. Like, you just can't. Yeah, in Australia, like, it's like basically do-it-yourself liquid. But sometimes when you do that, it's a bit risky because the tablet that I am on, when you try to dilute it in water, even if you crush it, a lot of stuff, like there's a lot of floating particles still there. Um, and look, in, in any depressants, you know, even point, every point makes a difference. My next option is just getting them compounded into tablets and doing my slow reduction that way because I don't want to be standing there in front of my kids trying to do concoctions. Um, it's just too hard. So I'm thinking about just getting them compounded, which is going to cost me a lot of money, but I think that's probably the best way to do it. So least of all, you know, every single dose that you're taking is more accurate than basically what I can do at home. I'm also going to go find, see someone like a psychologist or a counsellor that that I can just, you know, go see on a regular basis just to kind of support me through it. Have someone there that can listen to you. I think you're right. It's important to have someone listen and understand rather than taking it all out on your long-suffering partner or family. That's exactly right. You know, something just, yeah, just to give you that little bit of encouragement to keep on going. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully one day, I'm 40 now, but I always say, look, if I can at least be 50 and be drug-free or even very, very low, you know, that's an accomplishment. I agree. And there are many, many stories of people that have taken these drugs for decades and have successfully come off. Are there doctors in Australia who are aware of withdrawal and are sympathetic or do they just not understand? Oh, look, James, I have done every single thing. I have gone, I have spent an absolute fortune and I'm lucky that I can afford to do that to see people. Um, I've just seen a leading, you know, integrative GP, which is basically a doctor but also a naturopath. When it comes to doctors, I've been to so many. But, yeah, I don't really have a GP because, no, I don't have anyone that supports me. That My my last GP that I went to, when I came off the... um, the drug that I was on, the withdrawals were so bad that she put me on something else. So I ended up with two drugs, you know. So I I just don't trust anybody, to be honest with you. I just trust the people that have experienced it and people, you know, strangers on on the internet, which is quite sad to say. Mm. I just want to be able to go to a doctor and a doctor acknowledge me of what I'm going through. That is all I want. For a doctor to say, yeah, I know you must be feeling like this is terrible. That's all I really want, but to go to a doctor and feel so bad and made, you're made to feel that this is all in your head, that's just the hardest. I certainly find that the Facebook groups and others on the internet are amazing because they provide the kind of support that it's difficult to get from a GP. Yeah, it's great. It's just so good to have that support. I just wish there was a bit more support. I just wish there was a bit more awareness. You know, I just keep on thinking that maybe in 10 years there will be an awareness and maybe I can help other people. 
And Giovanna, if you had a friend who was considering taking an antidepressant and they came to you for advice, what would you say to them? I would say just forget about it. Go and change your diet. Go get yourself. I think everything is connected. I think your brain, everything's connected to your gut. I think, you know, change your diet. You've got to do things, you know, when you're, not, when you're down in life, you know, you've got to do things that make you happy. Go out and sit in the sun. Go and smell that beautiful rose. Appreciate what life, you know, appreciate everything. People are just, people find it's always the easy way out of things. I'll just pop a pill for this or just do this. It's not about that. You know, it's all about soul searching. It's about talking about your feelings. Um, I would say don't never, just never, ever, ever go near it. Don't even start that. I've been so burnt that I'm worried about any tablet now that I take. I'm always against anything. And finally, was there anything else that you'd like to let people know? I could say, I'd like to say is that, you know, I, you know I've got a successful business. I'm a mum. I've got such a wonderful life. I'm very happy. I couldn't be more happier. When you start to withdraw from these drugs, it is this most horrific, scariest thing out and when a doctor tells you that that's just your underlying depression it is just ludicrous it's like it's just like so you're basically saying that I'm depressed when I have absolutely nothing to be depressed about it's I think it's the most scariest thing that anyone's ever ever had to go to and we need help you know we we need someone to do some research or we need we just you know if there's ever you know, class actions or something, you know, everyone's got to just stand up and, and speak about it. Giovanni, you come across with such passion. It's clear that you're struggling with something very difficult, but despite that, you're making progress in your life. It's very brave to talk so openly about the effects of this. Yeah, you just got to keep on saying to yourself, you know, it's not you, it's the drug. Sometimes I always used to think, maybe if I, you know, and it sound, this sounds so bad, but this is what I do think sometimes, maybe if I had cancer, or maybe I had a broken leg or something that was wounded. You know, maybe people would feel for me. Maybe maybe people could see it and see that I'm, I'm what I'm going through. But when it's in your head, it is just so hard because every day is a fight to be a certain way. You know, you don't want to worry people, but every day is a fight. You don't, you don't want to worry people, but it's just an awful thing to have, you know. You get more sympathy if, you know, yeah, if obviously if you break your arm or something like that. But when you try to explain people how you're feeling, it's very, very hard. I know that it would have helped me to hear others' real stories of being on antidepressants or stopping or what the side effects were like, and that's the purpose of this podcast. I can only do it because of people like you, so thank you. Look, I'm happy to talk about it and spread the word I say. Let's just keep on getting this out. I really want the, the public to be aware of, of what this is like. We need we all, we need help, basically. But, yeah, one day it will be more noticeable and it will be people like yourself um, that have made a difference. So thank you too, you know. Thank you a lot. Well, thank you, but we're all working on it together. It's just a shame that it's cost people so much to get to the stage where we can finally start to talk about it. There is more recognition of the issue, but it's nowhere near quickly enough. You've actually lost the whole thing. You know, being a doctor, a doctor should be someone that tries to avoid you being on medication. You know, I think that's what a doctor does. We've lost the whole thing of what a doctor does. A doctor, a doctor should be doing every single avenue to, to stop us taking something. I could go to any doctor, I'm sure, today and say, look, I'm not sleeping, I need something to sleep. And I, I bet you, I reckon, you know, six out of ten doctors would give me something yeah. to take, just like that. 
anyway, let's just hope that, you know, in 10 years' time, I always say, let's hope in 10 years' time things will be different, mm. you know. And if I have to go on screen or if I have to go on television and I've got to show my face, no, I'm proud. I'm proud of what I've accomplished and everything that I've been through. And after all these failed attempts and all of the stuff that I've got had to go through, I actually feel like a warrior. I'm going to get off this drug by the time I'm 50. I'm giving myself that. But I'm also being very, very sensible about it. Thank you for doing this. This is great that you're doing this um, to let everyone kind of know the more we push it out, the better it is, I think. It's really heartening to hear that you've still got so much fight left in you, Giovanna. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I'm so grateful to Giovanna for talking to us and for being so open. For her and the others that we've heard from, we need to get this message out as loudly as we can to as many people as we can. Thank you for all of your messages of support for this podcast and for the guests we've had, including Professor Reed, Claire and Giovanna. Stephanie wrote in to say, So glad you're doing this show. There's a world of us out here struggling with coming off these drugs and can't find doctors who've even heard of this problem. Please keep doing what you're doing. I really love hearing from you and getting feedback like that, so please get in touch. You can email me on feedback at jfmore.co.uk. Also, please tell your family and friends about this podcast. Whether they have experience of withdrawal or not, the more that are aware of this issue, the better, and you can really make that happen. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes because reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And finally, if you're struggling with withdrawal yourself and don't know where to turn, there are some excellent resources listed on my website, jfmore.co.uk. Please go and have a look. Please do not increase, decrease or stop your psychoactive prescription medication without the advice and support of a medical or mental health professional. Thank you. As ever, I'm really grateful for your support and I'm really enjoying making this podcast for you. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much for listening to Let's Talk Withdrawal. Come back next week for more news and views. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe in iTunes.